This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark is elsewhere. I think he went down to New Jersey today to pick up his mom. She's up here to visit and all that and as one of his firemen meetings. So anyway, he won't be here tonight. But the toll-free number for you to bring up whatever you want is 800-259-9231. Of course, Nick joining us from the Free Minds TV world and Free Minds Radio. You can go and uh, get more of Nick and uh, Toby as well, which is his uh, business partner at freemindsmedia.com. We're going to take your calls about anything you want. That's the point of the program. We go first to Ryan in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. And Ryan, I know you're calling. Uh, last night you'd called in to discuss, I think it was you that had called last night. It, it absolutely was me from last night. You had called to discuss this vaccine thing. And of course, tonight, Mark's not on the show. And he's like the biggest anti-vaccine advocate on the program. Uh, Nick, I don't know how you feel about the the whole vaccine situation. Um, it depends on the vaccine. So, uh, Ryan, did you want to continue this discussion in the absence of Mark? Yeah, I mean, sure. I can uh, I can put some stuff out there. I just, I, it is kind of sad that Mark's not here because I like specifically prepared to counter what he was saying. But well, you, um, you may just want to call uh, another night, make, maybe make a couple points here, and then uh, yeah, I'll just I'll toss a couple things out there. Here's here's the big thing, and um, I know there's a lot of people that are you know sort of liberty people that are also sort of part of the the vaccines are toxic sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. And there are some, certainly at least some of the vaccines are absolutely, undeniably major savers of life. And that if you are somebody out there who is anti-vax, um, look up HIB, H-I-B, Haemophilus influenza B. This was a, a disease that killed literally thousands of infants every year before 1987. And it has been basically eradicated. It's just a, a, a slam dunk, clear picture of something that had, like once was the, the scourge of pediatricians, and now there's people that have been practicing for 20 years that haven't seen a single case of it. Now, Ryan, you'd said uh, I think you said last night you have children. So I do. I have a six-month-old little boy. Now, what uh, Mark pointed out last night that there are far more vaccines nowadays than there were 20, 30 years ago. How yeah. many of them do you think are, are necessary, in your view as a vaccine supporter? How many of the commonly pushed uh, vaccines, the ones that might be mandatory to get into a government school, for instance, how many of those do you think are necessary? How many horrible diseases would you like to prevent? So you believe in every single vaccine, then? Um. Yeah, I feel like that there's really, really good science behind the schedule. Um, they, there's not one that I can look at and say that, you know, if we stop vaccinating for this disease, bunches and bunches of infants aren't going to die. Now, didn't you say last night that you don't support necessarily the flu vaccine, or you said it was like a different um, situation? I, I, think the, I mean, I'm fine with the flu vaccine, and I, I get it most years. I mean, it's not something that I am a huge advocate for. I've never because... gotten a flu vaccine, in my, not to I, my knowledge. I haven't either, but then again, I have gotten the flu. So I've gotten yeah, the I flu, mean, too. It's, but... it's not... Well, the big thing about the flu vaccine is that it's mostly, it mostly prevents, um, helps protect the, um, the most vulnerable people, you know, the infants, the, uh, the, the sick old people. Um, you and I, you know, young... 20, 30-year-old men don't usually die of the flu. 
but if uh, if all of us get vaccinated for it, it does reduce the rates, and that reduces the number of, of old people who die of it. Um, I don't really I don't know. It, I could point out that, that one vaccine that comes to mind uh, that I think you the can criticize. Well, the, yeah, that was the one yeah. I was going to mention. I where, figured it was. Um, and that was a horrible overreaction because 1918 killed so many people. And that was the, the second time that there was a pandemic flu in, in the modern era, and uh, they were really scared. So in 1918, 50 million people died of the flu. Which was understandable, so, but the, the vaccine in that case in the 1970s did kill more people than the swine flu. Absolutely, because and, it was a it was a horrible overreaction, and um, they 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 have learned from that uh, particular you know mistake. And I'm I would point out that even vaccines that are highly effective and in the aggregate are blessings rather than curses. Many vaccines are going to have side effects. I mean, just about any absolutely. vaccine. Absolutely, all to. of them have a, a certain rate of. Um, of problems. Uh, the key is that the rate of problems is fairly low. In general, the problems are fairly mild. And certainly in the, the total population, you're, you're better off with the way the vaccine schedule is working. You can, you can in theory, make a, make, a, make a case, and it would be a reasonably good case, that if you do not vaccinate yourself or your own child and everybody else vaccinates, that you are slightly better off having not vaccinated. But as soon as that rate of the people who are slightly better off goes into, you know, 10% or even, you know, 20%, then suddenly those diseases start, work, you know, growing back. And it's, so it's is that what you're suggesting? Problem. I mean, you're suggesting Mark had pointed out last night that I think it was typhus or something like that, one of the vaccines for this disease. Tetanus is what his tetanus, big one is. what it was. Uh, he pointed that out and said, well, when's the last time you heard about uh, this happening? You didn't have an answer because he caught you on the spot on that one. Uh, yeah, were, were well, actually, you... and, and right now, the, the average rate of tetanus is 43 cases per year in the United States. It's, so, well, it, it, you're a, it depends what you're doing. Tetanus is something that you're going to get. If you put a rusty nail through your foot, then you do have to worry about getting tetanus. Yeah. If you're just digging a hole in the ground, theoretically, I think you can get it from soil. But I mean, yeah, it's, you, it's mostly a soil-borne. It's, it's technically it's, it's an, an, an like it comes in animal intestines. So you know, poo is sort of a, a vector. Right, but, but I mean, um, if you work on a, a pig farm, you really yeah, need to you're, have you're a tetanus shot. Likely. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And that's one. That, I mean, in theory, you could probably not get your your uh, your your typhus vaccine, but it, you know, tetanus, even if you were to typhus, get it, tetanus, tetanus, yeah, the same. <laughs> Same, uh, same deal. Is um, it the same? I don't no, think it's, it's the same. I don't know about that. Now I'm, I've, I've confused myself. I don't really know. But, uh, you know, I've, I've listened it, to these conversations. I've sat here in the, the the main chair here on the program and listened as Mark has battled back and forth, uh, you know, with uh, the vaccine advocates on this. And I know Mark has done uh, his research. I know you've done your research. And, no, no, uh, thing I wanted to contribute to the, the conversation was mostly that um, Mark has a real, and I, I, get, I get it, the, um, the pro-vaccination people are really, can be pushy, um, can be self-righteous because they really feel like the, the data is on their side, and, and so they tend to oversell it sometimes. So I was, gonna, I was hoping to talk to Mark and try to not oversell it quite so much, you know? To, to be the guy who's saying, like, yeah, these in the aggregate are really well, good. But some, some bad things happen sometimes, yes. I, I, it's, I it's, feel like the, um, the anti-vaccine people, I mean, the people making the really out-there claims about how, well, we're seeing greater autism rates because of vaccines. And all, basically, a lot of people will say that 
you know, the vaccines are causing every bad health condition from obesity to autism. Yeah, I mean, there are some... Seems loony, like a stretch. Yeah, and there are some people making some pretty kooky claims but out there. But then you have Mark saying that his personal experience with at least the flu vaccine was that he was the sickest he'd ever been after he took the, the flu well, vaccine. Well, that's a, side, a common side effect. So, I mean, that kind of left a mark on him, I, th- I think, as far as uh, influence. Oh, absolutely. I know that's the case. And he... And his- People he talks to tell him that, you know, that absolutely can't have been the case. And, you know, it's, it's a, you know, adverse reactions are very rare, but they do happen. So, I mean. So I guess I, the question I would, is, you know, I mean, what are the odds, right? I mean, you said it's like a one in a million chance that somebody's going to have an adverse reaction to one of these vaccines. It well, depends on what you call adverse reaction. You know, you, people, you know, if, if you get a mild fever, that's like fairly common. But if you okay, get. Okay, so it's one in know, a million death. Is that what. We're talking um, it about depends on the it depends on the vaccine. And it depends on because like it's really like when you talk about vaccines, you're really talking about twenty different things. You know, twenty different, twenty distinct different things. Yeah. Give or take fourteen, uh, some high teens number of different things. But uh, very very few people die. Like if you're talking about like the Guillaume Barre, which is what killed all the people for the um, the 1975 swine flu vaccine. That was a, a one in four hundred thousand. Kind of rate what of, are the odds? I mean, how does that compare to the odds of getting tetanus? <laughs> you know, I mean, um, te- tetanus is really low. Um, so is but, so your odds of getting tetanus are much lower than a negative uh, response to the vaccine. It would seem like you probably wouldn't want to choose the vaccine in that case. It seems like a tough that, decision for parents to make. I thank you for the call tonight, and you're certainly welcome to hash it out more in the future with uh, with Mark. I don't know if anybody's going to persuade anybody on this particular issue. Everybody seems to be pretty uh, pretty dug in. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't have kids, so I, luckily I don't really have to decide too hard. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us. Online at freetalklive.com, we've got the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo and video proving that they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you likely ever imagined possible when you move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Dot org. As we continue here, phone calls on hold all over the map. The topics are, we'll go across the pond first to the U.K. Ziggy is on the line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ziggy. Hi. Right. I was um, about to go to work yesterday morning, and all of a sudden, a SWAT team turned up in my neighborhood. Oh, dear. Um, they were swarming right around the back of my flat, uh, my block of flats, and then suddenly they came around the front. And one of them installed himself right in front of my front door. I mean, I didn't know what they were doing at wow. all. You know, and I mean, to see uh, people, uh, policemen with automatic weapons is rare, is rare in these parts of, of Britain. It might not be in, in, say, Manchester, Liverpool, or London. Right. Well, don't but, they normally, aren't uh, the normal bobbies out there unarmed as far as uh, guns are concerned? Yeah, there's always one armed response uh, unit in the area which they can call upon. But anyway, gotcha. I thought I thought I, I, I almost did a Sam uh, Sam I am um, and get a video camera and go and ask the policeman who, who installed his butt in front of my door, you know, what they were doing. Yeah, what are you now. doing here? Sure, why not? Yeah, well, 
I'm glad I didn't because I, I went to the door and I opened it and I asked him what was going on. And suddenly he turned around and, you know, he had an auto, it was an automatic. I, I could, I could see that. Um, and he said, get back and get back in your, in your apartment. Um, and I did, as he said, cause you know, you're not going to argue with someone with a gun. Um, <laughs> yeah. it turned uh, well, the rumor is that a guy two doors down from me had got into a knife fight with somebody. Um, the previous night. And Wait, you mean he didn't turn in his knife during the knife amnesty period? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I just thought, like, it's a bit of an overreaction for someone with a knife. I mean, there were fifth, at least, I counted at least eight of them, yeah. possibly more. Now, wait, so they'd already gotten into the knife fight. He wasn't holding someone hostage, was he? The, the fight was well over at that point? Well, I, I actually, I don't know. This, this is I mean, the a knife fight's the... not going to last very long. <laughs> no, no, if you're would, knife I... fighting with somebody, someone's going to get a jab in uh, at, at some point fairly quickly, I imagine. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's, I'm pretty certain that this guy does not have, I mean, this guy, I've, 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 you know, I've said hello and, you know, I know him, you know, I don't know him well, but I know him, uh, him enough to know that he doesn't, he isn't the kind of guy who's going to have a shotgun in his house. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, if it was if it was just a, just to do with a knife fight, I just thought it was a real overreaction. Yeah, I would now, agree got... with you, um, but I think it's to be expected these days, don't you? I mean, these cops are people who are ad- many of them are adrenaline junkies. And yeah, I was I was I was about to, I was about to say, you know, the, the, every you know, the, 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 my first thoughts were when the, when I saw these armed police, I thought, oh no, Charles de Menez, who was the Brazilian who was shot on the the London subway, mm-hmm. mistaken for a terrorist. And it's not just that. Uh, a friend of mine, his best friend, was shot by the police last year, dead. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, the, the, the fact is that, it's, it, that the, armed po- the armed police in this country are now getting a reputation for being trigger-happy. So you, you, you do think, when you see armed police, you think, oh, no, someone's going to get shot. Or someone's dog. I mean, they they know that they're pretty much untouchable. I'm sure it's the same way over there in the UK as it is here in the uh, the United States, where yeah. if a cop is under suspicion for doing naughty things, uh, usually they get cleared and they'll. Well, they close they close ranks here. Yes, and that's there, exactly what a, they do. Uh, there's there's a um, something they do. They can, 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 can basically when they they all have to write up their statements individually but they usually conspire with one another to get their their their, uh, sure they do. their story straight yeah, and they're a criminal gang, and uh, they have an interest in protecting their fellow gang members they they call it the brotherhood do they call it that over there um well you know a lot of police are suspected to be you know in the masonic lodge um before i go i have one other thing which you might find interesting which libertarians actually might find interesting mm-hmm. i was watching um Jamie Oliver, who's a TV chef here, he was in um, New York doing a program, and there's an anti-restaurant movement going on where what? people just set up illegal restaurants on the hoof without asking permission. This is in New York? Give, yeah. And, oh, and great. donations. I think that's fantastic, and I thank you for the call, Ziggy. Uh, that's, that's some nice positive news, a little bit of uh, underground economy stuff or agorism, I guess, uh, going on. And such things are, I think, happening uh, right here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire. I don't know if you've heard the rumors, uh, Nick, but there's uh, apparently an underground pizza operation. I have not heard the rumors. Yeah, they com- Do they deliver? Yes, they do. Completely unlicensed pizza is available in Keene. <laughs> So, very cool. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. By the way, speaking of the police, uh, I've heard rumors they may be coming here tonight. 
that's that's about all I know. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen during the show or or when, but you know, we'll certainly let you know as it develops. I don't know what to think about it. 800-259-9231. I know they're on the lookout. Uh, the police here in Keene are on the lookout for Anarcho Jesse right now, as we were talking about last night. One of the activists here in uh, the Keene area has been sentenced to two days in jail because he tried to uh, to plant a garden in a public a public piece of land in the center of town. And uh, I guess he's he did not voluntarily report, so he did not assist them with their caging of him and so therefore there's likely some sort of bench warrant out for his arrest i don't know if they think he's here or what but i've just heard there's a good chance the police might be showing up here tonight so uh 800-259-9231 we're going to go into the email box here in a moment but continuing with your calls george is in massachusetts you're on free talk live hello george yes you're on the air yes hi how are you hey there what's on your mind tonight Hi. Um, well, I'm here to explain a recent story that happened to me okay. um, in the past. It, this happened about three months ago, but I never really uh, mentioned it to anyone in because of some embarrassment. Uh, just give me a sec, please. Yeah. What, did you put me on hold or something? Well, we'll oh, put yes. you on and, hold. Um, oh, okay. You're what back. Happened was, what happened was um, I'd found out that I had prostate cancer. And um, one day while I was DJing at a public party, I fell onto a pine tree, um, which <laughs> soon happened to cure my cancer. Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. Hold on a second. Let me see if I understand here. You found out you had prostate cancer, fell onto a pine yeah, tree. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You fell onto a pine tree. Now, were you punctured by the pine needles or was it a pine cone yes. that actually did you, yes. uh, you know, gave you the dose? I was punctured by the pine needles. The pine needles. And, and you're you're um, saying that you that that, that what, now was it were you punctured in a yes. sensitive area? I guess is the question. Yes, yes. Uh, I my see. eyeball. Your eyeball. That's uh, wow. Yes. So so you got your your prostate cancer got better, but then your eyeball not not so good. Broke. Yes. Broke in three pieces. That's pretty tough, man. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But congratulations on your cure. Let's that continue. wasn't a bad one, but he uh, needed somewhere to go with it. Yeah, I didn't really have anywhere else to go with it either. I found it. I, th- I figured he was going to say he'd fallen onto well, his what I was assuming. rectal area with the pine needles or the pine cone or something like that because it's prostate cancer. So I'm not sure how the eye thing would would have solved that problem. More on the way here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Not all of the natural uh, cures are actually valid, as you can see. It's free talk live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by NestleFamily.com, where nourishing healthy, happy families is filled with fun. Avoid worrying your child about foods she should and shouldn't eat when she visits friends by providing her with a healthy snack as a gift to the host. That way, she can decide to eat what you've sent without feeling isolated from the other kids. And if she decides not to eat it, that's okay, too. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it is Ian with you. Yeah, Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Got a lot of features there, and we give them away, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, even a webcam. All free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. 
You can snag yourself some British Sovereign Gold Coins at just $288 for a 22-carat .2354 troy ounce of gold. It's just, ha- just a hair shy of an actual quarter ounce. And the British Sovereign is world-renowned. It's been used by the military. Uh, it's, it's all over the place, and it's, but it's an old, uh, older uh, coin, so it's got that kind of numismatic flavor to it where you know, when you are actually utilizing it, uh, if you're doing it in some sort of a trade or purchase, then it's not just gold bullion. It's actually got some age to it, which some people consider valuable. It's got a history and a yeah. character to it. Yeah. So uh, so get yourself some British Sovereign coins or uh, some 20 francs or some silver over at gold.freetalklive.com. It's through our friends over at Midas Resources, which, of course, is the company that uh, puts us on the air on the Genesis Communications Network. So head on over to gold.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with your phone calls about whatever you want and go to George in, excuse me, uh, yes, we actually have a different George who's not there anymore. So let's try Bob in Ohio. Bob, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, Ian. Bob, uh, what's on hey. your mind tonight? Well, first of all, I heard that guy talking about the SWAT teams, and I really believe that more humane things is rubber bullets and beanbag guns, okay, instead of... Uh, Hard ammunition. Well, if you've got a guy with a knife, you I mean, you should probably be able to take him down with a plastic bullet or a beanbag round discharged from a shotgun. You shouldn't yeah, really have to kill that'll the guy. that'll take a man down with a knife. Uh, what I wanted to touch upon, because you had somebody from the swine flu, so I'd, if you got your pencils or pens ready, I'd like to give you a rundown on swine flu. Swine flu virus was made in Fort Detrick, Maryland, Okay. By those skulldutcherous people, and it's a common. What, uh, what evidence do you have for your claim? Well, if you get online and run it down, uh, fluscam.com, okay, Dr. Lynn Horowitz. So there's a website with someone who's a doctor that is claiming that swine flu has been manufactured in a laboratory. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes. Now, does he have personal knowledge of this? Well, uh, uh, yes. Because now we're playing in the world of hearsay. Well, what what you have to do is I, I would rather people get online and run it down for themselves. That way they can see all the evidence. What would you, you suggest? Have. I mean, if, if what the, it, let's say they go through the process and they determine that what you're saying is true, what would you suggest they do? Well, it, it's a combination of uh, uh, bird flu, uh, swine flu, and the old Spanish uh, American flu, the Spanish flu, okay? And... Uh, I'll give you some more rundown that if you, if you want to get on, uh, you know, uh, online and get that flu scam dot com, Dr. Lynn Horowitz, he'll give you a total rundown on the flu scam well, scam. Bob, my question is, and I've heard these claims that this was basically a biological warfare agent that was designed by the U.S. military. My question is, if that's true, why? Because most militarized viruses have a very high kill rate, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of people dead in the street. It doesn't seem like this would have been, if this was created by government, the H1N1 strain, it doesn't seem like it's a very effective agent to be using in it, warfare. It, it's a slow kill. It's it's not a fast kill. It's a slow kill, and it's got the mercury and the Gardasil in it. Okay? What was the intent? I mean, what, what do you believe that if you... If this is true and they put this out there, what do you believe the intent was? Uh, slow kill. In other words, it brings form. It, it, it uh, causes, because uh, uh, the H1N1 protein ruins the autoimmune system, and the Gardasil is a problem, too. 
Uh, so you're saying they're trying to kill off the population or just cause people to be panicky or what? What is the what's the goal here? What's the conspiracy theory that you're supporting? Well, first of all, my understanding also is that Mr. Dick Cheney, our illustrious vice president, bought hundreds of thousands of dollars in the stock uh, of stock in the company that produces the uh, the flu uh, vaccine. Mm -hmm. Okay, first of all. So you're saying you have to look at economics and and the wall street wolves okay now on that deal uh there are three companies my my understanding and information center says that there are three companies that have applied for patents three drug companies that have applied for patents on the swine flu the h1n1 virus so that means nobody else can dibble dabble with it without their okay that is what that means uh, if they are okay. granted a, so a patent what they they cornered the market on it the three big drug companies cornered the market on it so independent researchers can't uh, look into the virus without their okay well they, i don't i think that independent researchers can look into it what you're saying is they can't patent their own cure right that, that's correct. Okay. So, so let me see if I'm understanding what you're saying. You're saying the swine flu in your allegation, you're alleging that the swine flu was created in a lab, that uh, they knew in advance that this was going to be released out there, and so certain people are going to essentially benefit financially from solving this problem that they may have been involved in creating in the first place? That's correct. It's plausible. I mean, it's a plausible claim. I don't know if there's any, well, any I mean, real evidence. The government has a, created lots a, of diseases. It's a moneymaker for the Wall Street wolves, and it throws the sheeple into panic left and right. And it's a big moneymaker for the drug companies. Are people drug- panicking over this? I mean, is it happening? It's, I don't get out very well, much. I think so. a lot of people, if they're dumbed down, if you Google swine flu 60 minutes of Mike Wallace and get back in, on your... Uh, your website and Google. Do people walk around with the masks on? I mean, I've not seen this happening. But then again, people like are I said, concerned I'm not concerned about, about well, no, they flu. push it. See, they give it, they give it free with federal government subsidies. Uh, local medicine shops and, and people like Walgreens and Walmart and stuff like that, they push it on the old people. And that mercury, there's from Dr. Lynn Horowitz, which is a he's a neurologist and a uh, he does uh, brain surgery. There is accumulation of mercury, uh, heavy metal, in, in the brains of, of the people that have had uh, mercury shots. Hell well, heavy metal in your ears, not so bad, well, but in your brain, sounds like a bad my idea. My understanding is that mercury has been eliminated from at least most of the vaccinations they use today, although it was there about 10 years ago. It was a component of vaccines, but my understanding is, Bob, that in a lot of the new vaccine recipes that they have they have actually removed the mercury well that is incorrect that is incorrect because if you go to the, uh, the pharmacy See, he's like got a Wal- website too nick if I you mean, go to walgreens he's been to websites where if you go to your pharmacist and ask to see the box and the label contents on there you will see it for yourself it's under the okay. uh, name of thermosol bob thanks for the call appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 uh, that's the SACL cai toll free line the government's created a lot of diseases or modified them for warfare purposes. I don't think H1N1 is one of those. But he's got a website, Nick. It, it's really a not website, much a doctor. worse. It, it's a not, doctor. It's not much. I, I'm on the website. This guy, I don't know if I... 
this guy may have been a neurologist at one point, but he doesn't look like one to me. Anybody can uh, look. We've talked about doctors in the past on this program. There are a lot of damn doctors out there. Anyone and, with a doctorate is a doctor, right? And so, just because you're a doctor doesn't mean you actually have credibility. I guess. Well, is it doesn't what even to mean me. you're a medical doctor, right? That's true. And it doesn't mean that you have credibility. I mean, even if you're a medical doctor, you could still be kooky. And I don't know. Maybe what he's saying is true. I don't know. I'm just not going to trust a website. I'm it, not just, gonna... it doesn't seem to me that the swine flu is uh, – when, when people say that the swine flu was uh, a government-engineered virus or you know they, they were behind it somehow, it just seems like they're buying into the media hype. I mean, they're buying into the problem. People are panicked about – not necessarily panicked, but people are overly concerned about this flu – Which is not dangerous in comparison to the regular flu, right? It it might end up killing more people than the regular flu, but probably not by very much. If it kills twice as many people as the regular seasonal flu... But it hasn't yet. It's not even up to par. No, no. I mean, we'll have to see what this flu season brings, but it's it's not likely to be a pandemic. And I don't understand why people are panicking about it. Right, I'm with you on this. I mean, I'm not concerned about the swine flu at all. The, the news Just media not. is harping on it because it gets people concerned. They tune in and they can sell ads. Toll-free number. Oh, and, and of course, the uh, conspiracy shows are also harping on it because for the same reasons. So they can sell ads. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. We've got some ads for you. It's Free Talk Live. In the late 21st century, the hardiest, most daring adventurers have begun to colonize the solar system where untold mineral riches await them. Jealous of their wealth and fearful of their freedom, the government of Earth is determined to extend their power to this new frontier by any means necessary. Escape from Terra, an illustrated science fiction saga from Big Head Press. Read it online at escapefromterra.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Yeah, Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, They, by the way, include the updates and a lot more. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their sites. We give ours away at freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, then you can do that by learning how to promote us. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world at promote.freetalklive.com. We continue uh, taking your phone calls about what you want. Lauren is on the line listening to WAIS in Ohio. Lauren. Hey, how are you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Good. I was just calling about the vaccine information. You were saying you weren't sure because, you know, it's on a website. Well, and yeah, and I went to the website. The I went to the website, and uh, Nick pointed this out to me and <laughs> suggested I go and take a look at this. The last guy that was on the line was promoting a site called Flu Scam, and he was talking about this doctor, and I, of course, pointed out that, well, it's not hard to – I guess it's not easy to necessarily be a doctor, but there are a lot of doctors, and so you never know who you're dealing with. And this guy, right on the front page of his site, it looks like a crackpot site. The first, the first thing you see is his gaping maw on the front page of the site, and he just looks, it looks ludicrous. See, I flipped it on right when you were, he was ending, so I, I'm not sure he, who he was telling you, but what I want to do is give you five medical doctors, and these are big, bad doctors. Dr. Rebecca Carley, invited to be on, doc, on um, President Bush's immunization task force. 
She turned it down. She flat out tells you, and she's got all the documentation on her website, drcarly.com, D-R-C-A-R-L-E-Y.com. She's a medical doctor, a general surgeon. What she has on there is the fact that they're giving us the diseases, these long-term chronic diseases are a, the fruit of vaccination. You've got vaccines that are, and I was, an, I'm a, drug, I was a drug rep. Um, you know, I worked in the field for 10 years. I, you know, I believed all the pharmaceutical stuff. I, I'm a doctor's daughter. I was pre-med. I, I, I believed all this stuff. I'm not one of those people that was never a believer in, in medicine. It's mm-hmm. just that I found out the truth and moved away from the lie. But the bottom line is she's got on her website all of the medical documentation from the, from the major medical journals, New England Journal of Medicine, I mean, go down the list, and there it is. And you can just look it up, and the bottom line is when you've got vaccines that are full of cancer virus, mycoplasma, monkey kidney tissue, hamster ovary tissue, aborted fetal tissue, <laughs> these, are all, these are the basic substrates. Well, no, I mean, this is just what's in them. I'm just, yeah. look at it. When I was a drug rep, look, hamster ovary tissue, that was nothing... Uh, I sold a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, that's how it's made. So now is she pitching a product, too? Because this guy, the Horowitz character is. I'm going to give you five. Dr. Rebecca Carley, she was invited to be on um, George Bush's task force. Dr. Bill Deagle, he's a major whistleblower, and now he will discuss specifically the H1N1 and what's going on. His website is Nutramedical.com, and you know, of course, he's on the GCN network and has a show. uh, He's actually so... I have a hard time keeping up with him, and I know what's going on. But so, it's very specific. He'll lay it out for you. Dr. Bill Deagle, that's Nutramedical.com. Then there's um, Dr. Mark Geyer, National Institutes so of Health. are these and all people? You don't have to go down the whole list. I mean, they're all just, you know, doctors. Well, no, I mean, these are, you know, Mark Geyer, that's National Institutes of Health. Are these I mean, this all guy's not even against vaccines, but he's very hostile to the thimerosal, which is mercury, in the vaccines. And, no, it hasn't been taken out. They just told you it's been taken out. Now, he's not even against vaccines. He just, you know, he's looking at a hepatitis vaccine for a newborn that's got 25 micrograms of mercury in it. You have to be a 650-pound adult in order to tolerate that level of mercury. Don't you wonder what all these sudden infant death syndromes, babies dying in the crib, death in the... SIDS, you know, I mean, is that happening a lot? I mean, I don't even know. Are you kidding? SIDS, yeah. Yes, it, it and, is and a the common thing is they're syndrome, prosecuting but... the moms and dads. They're saying, you shook your baby to death, when really the babies are bleeding out, the boys two to one over the girls. Their brains can't tolerate and eliminate that level of mercury. It simply destroys the neural tissue. So, so that's you're saying that uh, some of these doctors are out against specifically the H1N1? Uh, no, no, no. These thing? are just medical doctors who have looked and Basically, they are, the facts are all laid out on their sites. They are laid out in their practices. Dr. Andrew Malden. So you're saying that, that some of these folks are against vaccines entirely. One of them is not necessarily. Yeah, Mark Geyer's not against them completely. He, he's okay with some of them, but he is really mad about the hepatitis because of the mercury in it, and they keep telling the people that the mercury is out, and it's not. And so, then do you have Dr. Andrew Malden has the documentation on his site, and it's basically that you've got microovascular stroking occurring as a result of vaccination. And then I don't Dr. know what Rima that means. Lebo, I, hmm? I don't know what that means, but it sounds like you've spent a lot of time well, uh, looking it, into Well, what this. it means is, is that you can't get enough oxygen to whatever organ is being... So if it's the brain, you don't get oxygen there. You stroke, and then you know, you've got brain damage. If it's the heart, okay, if it's the kidney... it, does, it Every human is different. It depends on your so body's if, ability. Okay, to but excrete. let me take the uh, let me take the the vaccine uh, the vaccine advocate side because I don't really have a, a horse in this race. 
Uh, at least I don't feel like like I do. So well, it's not a matter of advocating or not advocating. It's a matter of what are the facts and evidence. And the facts and evidence are mercury is toxic. You ought not inject it into your body. Aluminum is toxic. You ought not inject it into your body. But don't you need or a little bit of aluminum, though? I mean, don't you need little trace amounts of certain metals? In inject order to... it into your bloodstream so that your body makes antibodies to it? No, you don't. See, that's the whole thing. God didn't make our units to function that way. Pathogens aren't supposed to get directly into your bloodstream. That, this is what I'm saying. They're bypassing the normal immune system, and then what they're doing is hyper-stimulating your immune system. That's what all the autism, so that's what all the Alzheimer's. What do you think, Derek Lauren? What, I want to know what Lauren thinks. Do you feel like uh, all vaccines are bad news uh, or what? what I, would I take one? Absolutely not. I would so what never let kids? anybody stick kids? a needle. Huh? Do you have kids? Five. And have any and of them I have one that vaccine damage that I'm dealing with diabetes. Did you realize that of the tooth of the children born after the year 2000, one out of three have diabetes? One out of three children. Where did that born come from? After 2000, it was announced on the news last week. I I didn't you know write it down or mm-hmm. I mean I can't tell you the source, but I can tell you the one child I had that I vaccinated at birth is the one that I'm having the most trouble with. And I'm telling you what it's if I didn't know a little bit about naturopathy and what I'm doing. This child, I mean, you know, God help this child. But here, here's the cool thing for you. You ever heard of the Simpson Woods meeting? Nope. I want you to check this out. Just put it in the search engine. Is this another yep. group of uh, old men meeting in the woods? No, this and, is like, your congressmen. This is representatives from the Congress, the Senate, pharmaceutical companies, and they met in Georgia in 2000. It was published in the Journal of Pediatrics, November 2000. It was an emergency meeting. What they discussed was the fact that the vaccines are causing damage. What they decided to do was not vaccinate their own children, but continue to vaccinate the rest of the people. Who spoke at that meeting? That would be Dr. Ron Wyden. You know, Who's that? Senator Ron Wyden. I didn't know that. Senator, doctor, medical Never heard doctor. Of him. Well, he spoke at that meeting, and he was furious about it. And this is what I mean. It's about what? I think it's 289 pages is the transcript. You can get the transcript. Have you actually... About the fact that they know that the vaccines are Lauren, causing... Lauren, have you actually looked uh, looked at this information? I mean, you've looked sure, at hundreds of pages? Sure, I actually pulled out a copy and I took it over to a radio station. Yeah, wow. I, I help, you know, I distribute information to make sure yeah. people at least know what it is that they're looking at. But it's kind of like how you just assume when they tell you that the mercury is out of the vaccines that it's out. But I haven't no, assumed they just anything, the actually. Well, and it's still in there. Lauren, just, just so I can be sure what I am looking at, the website, the first website you gave, drcarley.com. C-A-R-L-E-Y? Yes. Okay. And let me give you one more. Dr. Well, what are you Bill saying Eagle there, Nick? Hold on a second. Well, I, what are you seeing I haven't had, I haven't had a chance to read the whole website. Okay. Oh, it's but, a big website. And she uses the medical journals back for 100 years to document information. Uh-oh. But, and that's what I, I mean. Dr. It looks Bill like a Eagle. crazy website. I just went there, too. It looks like one of the, uh, the, the Looney Bin sites. But I haven't had a chance that maybe there well, are medical the journals. This crazy woman there. was invited to be on Bush's immunization task force. That so doesn't give her credibility. Doesn't give her credibility if she was on well, a government task force. Well, I'm just making the point. You know, if if you, yeah. hey, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I, I, I'm not taking a side on this. I think that you're you're bringing out the information you think is is valuable. You've got your personal story. You've got your case study, and I I understand. No, no, no. That. I I I wouldn't. If all my children were perfect, it, it I still wouldn't. That's not what this is about. I'm just saying there is thimerosal in those vaccines. It is mercury. There is aluminum. They don't deny this. That's why I'm saying if you will just look at the package inserts for the drugs, 
Then look at the side effect profile. Okay. Is there a website though that doesn't look like it's crazy? I mean, when well, I mean, when I say point. that, do you want to know the truth or what, do you want to worry about whether you look crazy or not? I, I think see, appearances make a difference. I mean, if you're trying to present something to people and you give them a website you, to go to to learn more, and it looks like TimeCube.com because it's just you just scroll down and down and down and down and well, it just here's a, never ends. Well, here's a really ends. cool one. Dr. Rima Labo is Major General Bert Stubblebine's wife. She's 30 give it, give years. Give it quick. We're running out of time. Oh, she's 30 years. Albert Einstein School of Medicine, 30 years plus in the field of medicine. What's the and URL? she says flat out, diseases are caused by vaccines. She's a what's, medical doctor, what's 30 the URL? years, general's wife. Does she have her own website? Dr. Rima Labo. Oh, man. Yeah. And she's the one that does all the work on the Codex Alimentarius. I don't know the website. Hey, Lauren, I appreciate the call, and okay. I appreciate your, where you're coming from. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable giving my kid these things, too. I don't know. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. As a small business owner, you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success. Email is part of your company's DNA, but you didn't get into business to manage email. It's time to evolve with DNAmail.com. Get Microsoft Exchange-hosted email services with free activation and setup, 24-7 support, and 99.99% guaranteed uptime, all starting at $8.95 a month. DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint Internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with DNAMail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit dnamail.com and join the evolution. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about. Your calls are the primary element. We go to your phone calls. Anthony is on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Anthony. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on Um, your mind tonight? I just wanted to talk about the swine flu thing. Um, Okay. I believe that, I think that, I also believe that we we shouldn't worry about it, you know? I'm definitely not worried about uh, it. Yeah, I'm not either. I think, I think it's really dumb to be worried about it. Well, there's no point in I mean, worrying about anything in general. It's usually a waste of your your mental yeah. time uh, to spend anything any significant amount of time worrying because worrying doesn't stop anything from happening. You know, worrying isn't actually productive. Yeah. You could pre- I mean if you were concerned about it, you could prepare yourself, but I think there's I think a lot of these people are going overboard. I mean, we're going to tell you in a moment about the New Jersey school district that's going to mandate hand sanitizing. So clearly there are people that are worried about this and they're making it the the primary thing that they focus their time on and it just seems like it's blown out way out of proportion. Like uh, Nick was pointing out last hour, the swine flu doesn't seem to be, at least at this point, as dangerous as the average flu. Yeah, we just I just think that we uh, that I I don't worry about it either because I mean it it just seems like the regular flu to me. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not somebody who's a uh, an expert. I'm not a doctor. I haven't done a lot of research into it. 
and I haven't seen my friends getting sick yeah, well, any more than they would the, normally get the sick. The fact of the matter is you're you're far more likely to die from something like a car accident or heart disease. There you go. These, you know, they're mundane things to Lightning most people strike. because they're so common. But the things that you should actually maybe think about altering your behavior to try to avoid are mostly lifestyle choices. They're going to put you at greater risk for cancer or heart disease or something like that. But people would rather focus on, you know, this bizarro idea that they're going to die from swine flu. or It's the scare of the moment, right? It was I avian mean, flu. It was bird flu just a couple of years ago, and that blew over pretty quickly. Anthony, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. They gotta, it's, it's, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of cool to be scared about something, right? It gives you feel like, feels like uh, you're living your last days or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I guess it... There's, there's, there's an excitement factor there, isn't well, there? Well, I, like, I think to some extent people use scenarios like this, they use scares like this to distract themselves from the things in their day-to-day lives that they can actually do something about. I mean, it seems to me you're dealing with an airborne virus here that probably isn't going to kill you. And you're not going to be able to do much about it unless you, you know, actually wear a gas mask whenever you go outside or yeah. shutter yourself in a room. Most people who are worried about Do you need a gas this, mask or does the, the little paper thing that I've seen people... Not, I've not actually the seen them in person. The surgical masks, I've, yeah. I've, I, I know I've read studies saying that it is effective in present, uh, preventing the spread of the regular seasonal influenza, if used correctly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, the virus in this case is smaller. I, it may be somewhat effective, but... It, that's not worth doing in personally, in my opinion. I'm not going to walk around with a surgical mask no. on worrying about you know, <laughs> dying from the swine flu. It's just it's not something you should be spending your time worrying about. I don't know what uh, what is a higher risk. I mean, is are you at a higher risk of getting swine flu or getting struck by a bolt of lightning? I haven't seen the actual uh, numbers, but that's about my level of concern is like a lightning strike. You know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and, you know, maybe it will spread, maybe quite a few people will get it, but it's, it's probably not going to kill that many people. It's just going to be like a regular case of the flu, and I, I really don't think there's much that can be done to change that. I'm, I am somewhat worried about a government overreaction or people wasting their time and mine because they're overly concerned about this, but really the swine flu itself... It's not of much concern to me. Well, some people are going to make some big money off of the uh, the swine flu, that's for sure. I don't, and I don't know if what our callers last hour were suggesting is true, and that is that well, it was manufactured by the government, and that uh, that way the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies can make a bunch of money off of coming up with a cure for it. I don't know. Probably not the probably not the uh, the truth, but there is some truth to say that some companies are going to be profiting big time from this. And here's one example: uh, New Jersey school district to mandate hand sanitizing. The story is from WCBSTV.com, where the Jersey City school district is taking a proactive measure to fight the swine flu. By November, every single classroom—that's three thousand of them—will be equipped with. Hand sanitizers. So whatever company it is that's making those hand sanitizer dispensers, the 3,000 of them that the Jersey City School District will be purchasing, they'll be making some good money off of this uh, the swine flu situation. I mean, there's no doubt about that. That's a, that's a pretty decent-sized order, 3,000 units. As many times as they can, that's what I'd like for them to do. That's our preventative method to ensure the parents and to the community that the students and the children are safe health-wise, said Superintendent Charles Epps. Best way to keep them safe. Superintendent said students will be required to sanitize their hands when they walk into the class in the morning, before and after lunch, and after each restroom visit. He said, in fact, they'll be monitored by the teachers. 
So if you don't sanitize your hands when you come back into class, you'll be punished. This is going to be the new way they're going to be going after young people. Yes. (laughs) They didn't sanitize their hands. I mean... That's obsessive, There are dude. downsides to using hand sanitizers, too. I mean, some people are looking at this, well, that's a bit silly, but there's no downside to it. Maybe it'll prevent some kids from getting flu. But on the not other so. hand, not so. I mean, as flu is an airborne thing, too. So just because you're sanitizing <laughs> your hands doesn't mean you're not going to get it from someone who's infected. Yeah. So you could get a false sense of security that way. Plus, you're, you are cutting down on the number of germs you're exposed to on a daily basis. And that's really not a good thing in the long run, in my Because view. not all of them are bad, right? I mean, not well, all bacteria and, is bad. No, I don't know. If it, are germs and bacteria the same thing? Are they? Well, are they you've different? got bacteria, and then you've got viruses. I see. Um, but, I mean, basically, there are good bacteria. I don't know if too many good viruses. But what you're looking at, too, is you're destroying the bad bacteria and the bad viruses, you know, the things that'll make you sick, like regular seasonal flu. Mm-hmm. And you're not building up an immunity to them because you're not being exposed to them on a small level. For most of us are going to be exposed to, you know, germ-causing agents, germ-causing pathogens, or disease-causing pathogens, rather, every day. But we're exposed to them on a small level. We build up an immunity, and we yeah. don't actually ever get sick from them. A, a little bit is valuable to your immune system. This has been my understanding that that the kind of obsession that the this culture has with keeping everything, you know, perfectly clean and sanitized and sterilized and kind of this mom obsession that to my I've actually been inculcated with I'll find myself thinking maybe I should wash my hands right now when in point of fact maybe I shouldn't you know maybe well, it's not that big of a deal and there are other downsides to it too I mean for as much as the anti-vaccine folks want to talk about how bad vaccines are for public health I don't really agree with them there but I will say that this obsession that a lot of Americans have with over sanitizing everything there's you know there are some studies it's still very you know there's nothing solid yet but a lot of people are drawing a link between the high rate of allergies that we see now and the fact that people just aren't exposed to things in everyday life that they used to be to build the, those immunities up to where right. if they're not exposed to those things then they don't have any of those immunities. So when one of them actually hits them, then it, hits, it's, it might hit them like a ton of bricks, right. right? Or you get allergies, which are essentially an immune system deficiency. You're having a problem. Your body is, you know, you're breathing in, mm-hmm. you know, tree pollen, and your body is deciding to attack that because your body really hasn't figured out that it has better things to deal with. So now at uh, Jersey City School District, and who knows, this may very well spread across the country. It, it, bureaucrats love to borrow ideas from one another's. Uh, they'll be doing this for every single student every time they go into the classroom. I mean, that's going to move through a lot of of uh, hand sanitizer, isn't it? I mean, ha- if there are 3,000 classrooms, think uh, 25, 30 kids per classroom. That, that's a lot of uh, replacing the hand sanitizer. I mean, this is going to be a buku bucks for whatever company it is that is is supplying these products. So some people are going to be making some big money off of this uh, this H1N1 thing. The first batch of hand sanitizers will be arriving at the schools toward the end of the month. Infectious disease specialists say it's the best way to prevent the spread of swine flu, and parents agree. Parents cheering it on like Cheryl Roberts saying it's a great thing. It's just something that should have been done years ago. Well, everybody, everybody was fine years ago. I mean, I went to school with a bunch of kids, and we didn't have to hand sanitize. We all made it through.
We're seems, all still here, aren't yeah, we? It seems like an overreaction, uh, but hey, good for whoever's selling the hand sanitizer. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. We've got updates on our website. You can go to updates.freetalklive.com, get signed up, and we will keep you in the loop via your email box whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and check out the Low Country Liberty Report. He's a Ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, who focuses on pro-freedom issues from around the country. Liberty-oriented reports for liberty-minded folk. He doesn't pretend to be unbiased in his reports and does try to add some humor to his packages. Find his videos at lclreport.com or join the LCL group on Facebook or Twitter. That's lclreport.com. As we continue here, are you frightened of this H1N1 thing? Are you going to be hand sanitizing uh, several times a day as they're mandating now at the Jersey uh, Jersey City School District? Going to install 3,000 hand sanitizers, one in every single classroom. We'll be mandating that students upon entering school will have to hand sanitize when they walk into class. When they go to lunch, they'll have to hand sanitize. When they come back from lunch, and any time they uh, come back from the bathroom, they'll have to hand sanitize. There will obviously be punishments for those who refuse to obey this. And as you're pointing out, Nick, this could be kind of dangerous to people's health. I mean, the idea of constant hand sanitization could mean, and you, you mentioned this during the break, and it's a great point, it deserves to be mentioned on the air, that could cause certain bacteria to become resistant to hands to sanitization, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how they'll react to alcohol, but I know that because it's mostly these hand sanitization um, gels are mostly alcohol-based. Yeah. But I know for a fact that the overuse of antibiotics does produce drug-resistant bacteria. So, for instance, they used to use penicillin to treat a lot of common infections, and now, in many cases, they have to prescribe amoxicillin because the bacteria became essentially immune to the effects of the penicillin. It the, evolved, if you will. Right. I mean, when you see on, say, an antibacterial dish soap that it kills 99.99% of germs, well, that 0.01% of germs isn't killed. And over time, what even the good bacteria and the bad bacteria build up a resistance to it. And I realize that H1N1 is a virus, but... The same thing goes here. Just because you're targeting a virus doesn't mean you're not going to be developing drug resistance in a whole bunch of bacteria. It sounds kind of scary to me, the, the, the idea that everyone at the school would be forced to do this. Wouldn't that mean that if something did develop like what you're talking about, that if it hit that school, then everybody would basically come down with it? I mean, if, it, well, if there's no way to kill it with the the anti or the hand sanitizer, yeah, I mean, you're it, wide open. It's something that develops over time, and I, I don't know how much danger there is in the short term. But over the long right. run, I think it is harmful to people's health to overuse antibacterials and antibiotics. Well, when I mean, for instance, when we talk about this a lot, when a government program is created, it doesn't tend to go away. So if they're going to install 3,000 hand sanitizer dispensers in every single classroom in Jersey City School District, what are the odds that, you know, another year and a half goes by, 
Swine flu's kind of blown by at that point. Are they going to stop using the hand sanitizers? Or are they just going to figure, well, it's good for kids, so let's just keep using it. And it's good for whoever it is that's got the contract to provide Yeah, I, I have a feeling they will sanitizer. probably keep using this after the swine flu scare blows over. But you have to think about the, why would swine flu justify this? I mean, what what's being projected as far as the number of Americans who are going to get sick and die from swine flu, even some of the worst-case scenarios they really aren't that bad compared to the seasonal flu. I'm sorry. It, it's not a good thing. It's not something you, sh- you know, you should care about. As far as risk about, is but, concerned, but, right? Right. As far as risk is concerned, I mean, thousands of Americans are killed every year by the regular seasonal flu. And nobody really bats an eye. Nobody seems to care. You'll, you'll get the uh, every year there'll be the story on the nightly news about, well, now the new, new uh, flu shot is out, so you should go get it if you're at risk. But nobody panics about it nobody takes these absurd measures where we're going to sanitize our hands every five minutes and it's not necessary this time around either i'm sorry it's not the plague it's not the black death spreading around the country let's go to your phone calls jesse's on the line in new york you're on free talk live with ian and nick hi jesse what's on your mind tonight um i'm in new york and uh like albany med and a bunch of the other hospitals are kind of requiring that the healthcare workers take the regular flu vaccine or else they're going to potentially lose their jobs by a certain date, it's pretty wild what's been going on. Are you one who works at a hospital? No, no. I work at a preschool, but I'm, you know, just as concerned that something like that might happen where I work a little down the road. Has there been any discussion of such things? Not not yet, but we've been kind of like taking a more precautious thing. We, do, we don't it, have any like mandated hand sanitizers or anything. I think this mentality can, uh, it has a very good chance of spreading. I mean, if people see that uh, one group is doing X as far as taking precautions, they may say that, well, we feel like we need to take those precautions too, and then someone else will, uh, will jump on board that bandwagon. Before you know it, you've got uh, hand sanitizers going in all over the place, getting kids into this habit of uh, using hand sanitizers on a daily basis and, and perhaps setting them up for a, a very dangerous situation, as we've been talking about. Yeah. Any other thoughts tonight for us? Um, well, also, yeah, I was reading a lot about the actual vaccines and just uh, it containing squalene and uh, mercury and all that other stuff. Okay. Uh, Nick, you were uh, saying that you actually looked at the mercury claims that uh, some of the earlier callers there were making. Th- there is some mercury in the vaccine still. It is in the, in the form of thermarosol. So there, there is some there. They have. So there's um, some truth to that. Statement. They have done away in some of the vaccines. It depends on which vaccine you're taking. Because of concerns over the mercury content that were raised several years ago, some vaccines have eliminated the thermarosol, and some are. Uh, they have what are considered trace amounts in them now, which a trace amount is being defined here from what I'm reading as one microgram or less of mercury per dose. There might still be some ones out there that contain a significant amount of mercury, too, though. So, Is that an acknowledgment that, that it was dangerous, or is it just pandering to people's fear? Uh, well, the, the, it is saying that there were concerns raised. It, they say theoretical concerns raised over the possibility that... Uh, of content, uh, yeah, over the possibility of mercury poisoning. So has there actually yeah. been? Have there... I'm more I'm more concerned about the squalene because I'm reading an article that's in UK news. Uh, the title is Gulf War Toxins in Swine Flu Vaccine, and there was some about uh, the Gulf War syndrome being caused by squalene. Back, uh, you know, so I'm concerned with that. I think that's the main thing for me. Well, I can tell you I'm not I'm not planning on taking the swine flu vaccine, and that's not because I won't take any vaccine at mm-hmm. all. I've 
taking quite a few of them, actually, just because of the way the last swine flu scare led to a vaccine that killed quite a few more people than the disease itself. Um, I'm just I'm worried there might be a repeat of that. And, I, you know, I haven't read up on all the the ingredients in the vaccine. Most I'm just, people won't, ass- won't assess the risk like you will. They'll just take the uh, suggestion. That'll, they'll they'll yeah, take it. Yeah, but I, personally, it I'll take my chances with swine flu rather than the vaccine. Other people oh, might decide. Other people might decide differently. If they're the ones getting the vaccine, that's really none of my business. So, I I think people should make up their own minds on this. Indeed, Jesse, thank you for the call. Uh, obviously, there's a lot for for people that are interested in this. They, it's it's one of those things you can just spend as much of the free time that you have on. Re, I mean, we had the lady call in earlier saying there's hundreds of pages of research about this stuff. I don't know about you, but I don't have time to look through all that. So I'll just play it. Safe, because I feel safe right now. I feel safe just going about my life as I've normally gone about my life. I mean, obviously, I've always been at risk for catching something, but I've managed to make it this far, so I'm I'm not too concerned. Are you? 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on Free Inspection and Estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, Earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to know about SACL CAI. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd also like to keep your clients, too. So visit SACL CAI, uh, SACL CAI through their banner right at the top of our website at freetalklive.com. You can't miss it. That's SACL CAI. As we continue taking your phone calls about what you want, we go to Scott in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Nick. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Mark's actually not here tonight, but... Uh, oh, Ian hi, Ian. How you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Well, I want you to listen. I'm going to be a little bit long, and I want to tell you, uh, everybody's calling in about this swine flu, and I haven't heard the other side, and maybe your co-partner has. Well, I, talk, <clears throat> I called in a while back. You remember out in Massachusetts, um, they passed that uh, mandatory with the 2028 bill um, to mandate that swine flu shot. Did they? And I, like I you said, um, it's like these hand washer things. This could spread across the nation. And I don't know if you're familiar when you can go Google it, search it, about all these prison FEMA camps that are put up in every state around America. And uh, I figure that uh, also, too, you can Google and do your search on these prison train cars that have shackles inside them. And what I believe that's coming down the road is that you're going to be mandated to take this shot. If you don't, you're going to be arrested. And then you're going to be put in these prison train cars. And I've been studying this for almost a half a year now. And Uh most of these big 
FEMA camps are out west, and they're going to. Hmm, I thought you, you said they were in there. every state. They're going to. Well, the, the ones where I live in Wisconsin are smaller. They can't hold that many people. Quarantine. Okay. The ones out west are what I've seen are gigantic, and they're going to haul you out there. No matter if you got the swine flu or you're uh, you're a terrorist because you didn't take the shot, they're going to throw you in these camps, and then you're going to be in real trouble. Because you're you're going to die getting uh, the swine flu out there or whatever. So sounds pretty scary. So what are you going to do about it? Well, you know, um, we well, I'm a religious man, but you know, everybody's got to get a little game plan down and get prepared um, to flee out to the country because you do not want to be in the big city when this is happening. If they're quarantined the roads off and all this stuff. So you think uh, they're going to use swine flu as the excuse to do this? Well, I, uh, well, you know, you look at the bill that was out. You said that you recognized it a while back out in Massachusetts. Um, you I know, don't, this rec- thing, I don't recall that, but I'll take your, I'll take your uh, word for I, it. We did report on that on Free Minds Radio, and they, who are they, they mandating it? Uh, hmm? It was, it was a proposed piece of legislation. I, I don't know that it has passed, but it would allow them, the state of Massachusetts, to arrest people who refuse to take the vaccine. It, it, and it gave the governor the power to mandate taking the vaccine. So if you refuse, uh, you could be arrested and then be charged a fee for every day that you are held in prison. So you're te- what you're telling me, Scott, is you believe that the Federal Emergency Management Authority has train cars with shackles on them, and you've seen evidence of this? Yes, I have. And I, uh, mm-hmm. Mark, I mean, Ian, excuse me, um, Gunderson Fabrication out west, Back in uh, 2004, when uh, President Bush was president, signed a contract of $2 billion for them to build these cars. And these are some of the guys that found out, that worked for them, that fleed. And they're uh, a couple, uh, one was a retired military guy that blew this open and was saying that when he realized that they were putting these shackles in these cars, he left the job. Uh, because he didn't want to deal with it, but and this was um, back in the year 2000, you said 2004. 2004. Bush signed a contract with Gunderson Fabrication to have these uh, prison train cars built, and Eon. They also uh, got good evidence that they sent the senator over to China with 20, to have 20,000 uh, train cars sent over here that have shackles in them. And what do you think they're going to use these train cars for? All I can see is, like, they're going to start mandating this, and you're going to be in trouble if you deny taking it. All right, Scott, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I have no idea if there's any truth. Whoa. I have no idea if there's any truth to his claims. Um, You know, pretty scary story if it's true. What are you going to do? I mean, even if it's true, uh, are you going to take their little vaccination? Are you going to take it from them, Nick? What do you think? Huh? Are you going to take their vaccination no. if they force it on you? If they they try to put you in a train car otherwise? Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to. If they're going to try to put me in a train car, then I think it, it's time to use other methods of trying to reform the system besides <laughs> the nonviolent kind. I mean, whatever the reason is that they're going to put you in a train car, then that yeah. is the time to resist if you're being put in the train car for any reason. I don't think we're going to be rounded up and put into cattle cars and... <laughs> 
and shipped out west to these death camps. In There's the been a lot of speculation nowhere. over the years about these FEMA camps, and I've seen some of the pictures of the, one of the alleged camps, and it's it's an old Amtrak station. That's all it was. I mean, it's just an Amtrak station that's essentially... Well, there's, there's certainly facilities that can be used to round people up. I mean, they yeah. could imprison people on army bases if they wanted to. I think it's really a, an overactive imagination on the part of a lot of these people is what I think it is, Well, personally. Yeah, I, I think people are getting a little bit ahead of themselves in that they see that the government is doing lots of horrible, violent things. This but is true. It's a matter of degrees, and you do have to have a bit of an eye for the degrees, and we're just not there yet. I, I can't imagine why people think that the American people are you know, so complacent at this point that they're going to be rounded up and put onto cattle cars. But I, they'd put up with that, that they would accept I, I that? Honestly, I don't think we're at that Are people point that afraid of swine flu that they would accept their neighbors being thrown onto they're train cars? They're going to need for... a better excuse to do it, if that's what they're planning to do. And quite honestly, I, I, the, the reports on these FEMA camps are pretty shaky. I mean, is FEMA building facilities that could be used to house people? Well, yeah, pro- I'm, I'm sure they're building facilities. Well, that we know they've housed people. They did that people. during the Hurricane Katrina aftermath. They did put people into a camp, if that's what you want to yeah. call it. Um, and I'm not sure how fortified said camp was, but they certainly did have housing uh, for those folks. And it was probably not a pleasant place to be, but they... I don't know if they were forced to be there. Yeah, you could. I mean, if the plan was to round people up, they could put people in college football stadiums and surround the field with razor ribbon and armed guards. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't need to build these these massive camps, special camps, people. just for the purpose. Uh, yeah, of... unless they're you know, unless the claim is that they're death camps and they're going to kill a significant portion of the population, and I, I just think that's a little bit out there. I don't know about you, Ian. I think, it, I, I've never yeah. believed that one. I, it's never made sense to me, the, the idea Why do that, they have to? What's their incentive? It doesn't make sense. In fact, there's a disincentive because the if you believe that you know the bankers control everything, and I don't think that's true necessarily, but they certainly have a lot of influence and they do have a lot of power, and that's – I mean – he who controls the money certainly well, has a lot of... And not just bankers, rich people, you know, ultra-rich people in general. They have a lot of influence and a lot of interest. But without having a bunch of uh, people that are under their class to build their boats and their yachts and their houses, their mansions and things like that, uh, you know, provide the, uh, the clothing that they wear and all of the wonderful products and services that they use... They're just not going to have as as nice of a lifestyle. I mean, if you if you if they were to go through with these plans that the conspiracy theorists believe they're going to go through with, they're going to wipe out ninety percent of the Earth's population. You know, no. What's the point of that? The those ninety percent of the Earth's population are are busy busily producing things to increase the quality of living and the standard of living for all of us, including the rich people. It just doesn't make any sense. There's there's a reason to have people out there toiling away and doing. If you're a rich person, and you want to control things, then that gives you more people to control. It gives you uh, more uh, wealth to extract, right? Because you, essentially, these by inflating the money supply, they're extracting the wealth from the workers. The people are out there working hard to earn a living, and they're having their living taken from them through the process of inflation. If you kill 90% of those people, then you're not going to be able to extract as much wealth. It doesn't make sense to me. It's never made sense to me either. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But, you know, yes, the government is bad. Yes, they do hurt peaceful people. But I don't know if it's gone as far or will go as far as they're suggesting. Maybe they're right, though. Who knows? 
Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You really can call in about whatever you want. We've been everywhere from train cars to death camps to uh, uh, sanitization, H1N1, all kinds of stuff tonight here. 800-259-9231. How much of it's true? I don't know. That's for you to decide. And it's Ian with you. Yeah, Nick. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. If you like this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. Take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom, and hopefully have some fun, too. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. That's amp.freetalklive.com. So I'm looking into this little FEMA claim that has been made just recently on the program, Scott, a few moments ago, saying that there was some big contract and the federal government ordered a bunch of these uh, FEMA train cars with shackles, apparently, in them. And I did go ahead and Google FEMA train cars shackles and went to the image search. And there are some ominous-looking train cars pictured there. I don't – they're these white kind of almond-colored – train cars that are fairly tall, like very, seem like a lot taller than the average train car would be, with holes, windows with little holes in them on the sides. It's just very strange looking. I I don't know what it is. Maybe they keep horses in there. I don't even know if what I'm looking at is an actual picture of what the federal government ordered. I mean, it's the internet, so who knows what it is they're, uh, they're picturing here. Um, I, I just I hope people like Scott aren't right in their dire uh, evil predictions for for this. But if it's true what they're saying, why would they be ordering those cars? I mean, if it's true, and I have no idea if it's true, right? Because he's going on hearsay because well, somebody claimed they had worked for the federal government, and decided they'd quit because of all of this happening. But that's just what they said, right? There's no verif- independent verification of their claims. One could argue that they're you know creating these box cars in case they're anticipating. Yeah, prisoners of war, something like that. Maybe they're expecting a contingency where there is going to be a civil war or Mm -hmm. some kind of massive civil unrest. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're planning to round up dissidents and throw them on cattle cars. And are trains the best way to move people around? I mean, are trains even running in... I remember when I was down in Florida, you can't get a train south of uh, Tampa. You can't get a train in many parts of New England at this point. I mean, right. there, there's a rail line that runs from Boston to Montreal, but as far as I know, that's like the only real rail line that runs through these northern New England states. So how likely is it that these will be utilized for for such things? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't understand why they wouldn't just drive people a, you know, a few miles out into the woods and then shoot them and bury them. And throw, yeah, throw them into I, a pit somewhere. Yeah. Why, would you, why pay to keep them alive? I mean, if you if you are putting them in a concentration camp, you have to feed them, don't you? I mean, you have to take care of them to some extent. I guess that would and give a contract not, to one of their buddies, so you could point out that that might be money for a company. It's not like, like they're going to be able to hide this, though. I mean, some people are going to make the claim that they would try to get people out of sight. Well, the fact of the matter is, if they're going to be rounding up hundreds of thousands of people, which mm-hmm. is what's being implied here with the idea that they're building these camps... They're not going to be able to hide that fact yeah, they, from people that people are being rounded up and carted off to camps. Right. They might be able to whisk off the occasional person once in a while, but if it's if, 
if they've got 102,000 train cars like these articles on the Internet are suggesting, that's a lot of damn people. 102,000 so, cars. I just, I have my doubts. The skeptic in me has a lot of doubts about that. I certainly do as well. And it comes back to a conversation I think we were having uh, when we had Sam here recently about staying positive and not kind of subscribing to the paranoia factor, not uh, buying in to all of these rumors. I mean, what are basically rumors? Uh, there's no real verification of this. There's a, there's an ominous, a few ominous-looking pictures of some scary-looking uh, rail cars, but you don't actually see inside. You don't uh, see the, uh, the, the claims. There's no verification of the claim that there are shackles uh, in these cars. There's no real explanation as to what those cars are. They're just, they're just pictures. And then there's allegations that are uttered on talk shows by people who are completely anonymous. I don't know who Scott in Wisconsin is. I don't know who the guy was that he was claiming was making the uh, the allegations about these cars being ordered. There's no real way to to, uh, to verify this stuff. Yeah, and if people are making claims that aren't falsifiable, it's, it's very hard to take them seriously because there's no way for me to tell whether they're telling the truth or not. And I really don't have a reason to just take their word for it. And what if you do take their word for it? What if? I mean, just let's follow the line of thinking here for a moment. What if we were to believe every word that Scott said and that, oh, my gosh, they are getting ready to round people up? Well, what are you going to do about it? You could leave the country, I suppose. You could. You could. And uh, where are you going to go? Well, not everybody can afford to leave the country. Let's presume you can't necessarily. Let's let's presume you're living paycheck to paycheck and you don't have like a lot of Americans are. And you don't have any significant savings with which you could buy a plane ticket to Europe or, or Panama or something like that. Then what do you do? You just have to keep doing what you're doing, right? I mean, you, And worry about it. And worry and worry and then make yourself sick from worry. I mean, if you worry too much, you could get yourself sick. I mean, they call cancer the worrier's disease. They call the heart attacks, uh, you know, they say heart attacks happen to the, the type A personalities, the people that are angry all the time. I think there's something to that, personally. I think that you can, um, you can manifest sickness in yourself by uh, being in the kind of a sick mindset all the time. And I think that's what this particular um, viewpoint suggests, the conspiratorial viewpoint where there's always some sort of plot against you and the evil bankers of the world are trying to destroy you. It's very, uh, very defeatist to believe in stuff like that. Where does it really get you anyway, besides calling radio talk shows and trying to spread the word about what you believe to be the truth? Where else does that belief system take you? It takes you into a world of, of uh, anger, a world of confusion, a world of fear. It takes you into uh, defeatism where you believe, you come to believe the stories you're being told that, well, the bankers are in control and they are going to exterminate 90% of the population. And why am I even here then? Why are you even trying to spread the word about it? If you believe that the bankers are so powerful and so influential that they'll, they're getting away with this stuff, what is your phone call going to do? What is calling X fill-in-the-blank talk show host and spouting off about what you believe to be the case going to do to change things? I mean, if the bankers are that influential, how is your phone call going to make a difference? I mean, what is it that these people are actually doing to prepare themselves for this, you know, scary future that they've painted? Well, some the- people are preparing. I mean, they, they go into the realm of essentially bunker building 
and they're stockpiling food or ammunition and explosives. You know, there are people out there, you know, they're worried about what's right. going to happen and they're getting What ready. does that do for you? What does it do if you build a bunker and they're starting to uh, round people up? I mean, because that's what you're going to have to know they're rounding people up in order to get into your bunker, right? To leave society and get into your bunker. And then, you know, you've got food for, come on, how many months worth of food can you really store in the bunker? Maybe a year or two, something like that, if you've really got a hell of a lot of food. So you're in there for a year or two. Then what? So you've managed to suck air in your underground bunker for another year or two doing who knows what, reading books or watching television, if you can still get over-the-air television at that point. You've managed to suck air for a few extra years. Have you actually accomplished anything? Have you done anything for freedom? No, you've just kept your body alive. You've just moved on through a few more days. Is there any real purpose to that mentality? Are you, do you think that after you've been out, if you've been in your bunker for a year or two and eaten up all your food, and I don't know how you crap down there, but uh, if, after you've well, eaten... Well, I was using bunker building as sort of... But a, people do this. Literal. They actually do build bunkers, right? I well, mean, they still uh, do this. You know, I'm, I'm enough of a crackpot myself that I say having a bunker, if you've got the money and you, <laughs> yeah. that's what you want to spend it on... It can't hurt. Like preparedness. I've got but some they, cans of food downstairs. There's I mean, only so far you. There's only so far that it is practical to go because, as you point out, Ian, if things are really going to be that bad and they're going to stay that bad, you're not practically going to be able to live out in the woods right. for 20 or 30 years until the end of your days. It's going to get cold here in New Hampshire, I and mean, I'm going to need an oil delivery, man. <laughs> would you even want to? I mean, would right. you even want to go live what are you in back the woods? To? Yeah, right. You, you can it only might be live... better to to get blown away. Yeah, and, and you know have that be the end of it. I, that's kind of how I feel. That, that sounds a little bit better to me than sitting around, whether it's literally in a bunker, waiting or off to in die. The yeah. and you're just waiting to. I mean, obviously, we're all going to perish eventually, unless we come up with the robot bodies and manage to augment ourselves. <laughs> you know, it's a possibility. But, uh, you know, without the robot bodies or the internet download of your consciousness or whatever, then you're probably going to uh, to pass away. So. Generally, we're all passing time in some way until we reach our demise, but at least in the, the world we're in, we can do all kinds of interesting things. When you're living in your bunker or in the cabin out in the middle of the woods, that, for some people, that's their lifestyle. And that's what they want, and I, and I understand it. It's not the lifestyle that I want. That's not something I want for myself, so I, I think I might be on board with you. Just, you know, take the bullet. I mean, if you're out there for a year, you're in your bunker for a year, and you come out, the government's still going to be there, right? They're still going to be doing awful things. What have you accomplished? Can you answer that? 800-259-9231. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. As I mentioned before, I'd heard rumors that the police may be stopping by uh, the studio here tonight. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll let you know if it goes down within the next hour here. Uh, hopefully we'll be on the air at the time because if they if they come in during one of the breaks, what are we going to do? I mean, they're not even – our listeners won't even know. So uh, 800-259-9231. We'll take your calls about anything at all. We go to Greg in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Greg. Greg, Hi, how are you? what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm calling because I am a college student in Boston, and I was summoned for uh, jury duty. Hmm. Well, I got the summons in the mail. I don't have to appear until November, but I was wondering your thoughts on jury nullification and if it was better to just explain to the judge that I'm a voluntarist and I don't believe in force and that I will refuse to apply criminal law over natural law, which will... You know, certainly get you dropped from the jury. Or Is that your intent? Or do you want to not well, be on the jury? Well, I don't know, and that's why I'm wondering what your guys' opinion is, which will be better to make my point about how it's wrong for the court to mandate that I appear for this jury or to keep my mouth shut and then nullify the verdict. I would choose the latter, personally. Nick, how about you? Um, I would want to be on the jury. I would want to nullify the verdict, but... Depending, I mean, if it's a murderer, or right? Rapist, yeah, yeah. If it's a strong case, then if, I'm not going to nullify it. Yeah, if it's somebody with a victim, then clearly. Let's explain briefly, though, uh, what jury nullification is. Nick, how would you explain it to somebody? Well, who didn't know? B- basically, the idea is that jurors have a right to determine somebody's guilt or innocence, uh, not only based on the facts of the case, but also based on whether the jury or the members of the jury agree with the law itself. And it was used extensively during alcohol prohibition in the U.S. where people didn't agree with alcohol prohibition. So essentially they would have a defendant who was guilty as sin, but mm-hmm. they would, somebody would Caught say not guilty. Or yeah. in some cases whole juries would say not guilty. Because they've had they'd had enough of prohibition. Right. and uh, they, The person would be let off and it was, became unenforceable. It was their opportunity to essentially, it's the, the term nullify the law. I mean, they're the final check the final balance on the government's system. But they never tell you that when you're in court. The judge will not instruct a jury uh, truly to give them what they really can do. And the judge will always say something to the effect of, well, you know, you'll have to judge this case based on the facts as, you, you know, as they've been presented and, uh, you know, whether it's violated the law and not. They will never mention that you have well, the right to actually make a decision about the validity of the law. And itself. I think it, it's a, it, the, the concept is a good thing. And I, I guess it makes a lot of bureaucrats nervous and proponents of big government nervous. But the fact of the matter is the idea was that the people would be the final check on the legal system. Right. So if the legislature passed some crap can law and the and the executive branch enforced that crappy law like the war on drugs, then people would be able to say, well, this is hurting our friends and family members and we don't want this. So not guilty. So I, I would say, yeah, try to get on the jury if you think you can. I mean, it's not an easy thing necessarily to uh, to accomplish. I would be honest because I, I think you might be violating the law if you lie during jury selection. There's some suggestions that the Fully Informed Jury Association has as far as how to best approach the process of getting on a jury as far as 
you do want to be honest, but at the same time, you don't have to be upfront about everything. Um, so you don't want to necessarily lie when you're asked questions. But, but you don't have to go above and beyond to make yourself you know, discredited yeah. for the judge or the, the lawyers. So what I would recommend is heading over to the Fully Informed Jury Association website at fija, F-I-J-A, dot org, and just kind of boning up on the information that they have there and familiarizing yourself with what their suggestions are. I think they have a document, at least one document, that's specifically about, so you're going to be on a jury, you know, how to actually handle the process of getting on the jury and, and all of that. And they've got some great suggestions there. So hopefully that'll help you. But, you know, if you want to make a scene, too, that is another option. Uh, you know, if you're in, in front of the, the, the entire jury selection room, and because I know when I was down in Florida, this is the way they did it. They, they brought in 100 people, and they had them all in this big room. And there's some magazines and some stuff to, to occupy your time with. But basically, they take in everybody's uh, – they give, give you a sheet that you have to fill out, and it's got some questions on it. And then they pour through those sheets, and then they cut some people out, and then some people make it. And if you're in that um, that room, usually somebody will come in and give a presentation. There was a video that they showed, and then they ask if people have questions. That would be an ideal time. It's like, for instance, if you don't have time to be on a jury or something like that, and you just want to kind of spoil the jury pool in a way uh, with, with jury nullification information. I guess spoil is not the, the right word. I guess it's spoiling for their from their perspective, from the perspective of the government people. But uh, if you want to inform the entire room, it would be a great time to ask a question just openly about jury nullification. Yeah, I've been, you know, something like, well, any questions? Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard something about jury nullification that actually allows jurors to judge uh, the validity of the law itself. You know, can you tell me more about that? Or is there any truth to that or something like that? Or, you know, kind of phrasing a question in a way that'll guarantee that they kind of have to give you an honest response well yeah that is true i don't know it'd be an interesting experiment to see they would uh, probably would say no it's not true and then they would ask you to leave maybe maybe they would i've, yeah, heard... I've been i've been i had a friend who worked in like the justice department or whatever and he said they have like reserved jurors so if you start talking like that they can immediately pull you out of there and put someone in your place and they do it all the time no, well, what I meant was uh, in front of the entire jury selection pool. Oh, oh, well, unfortunately, according to what the court sent me in the mail in Boston, you speak to the judge privately one-on-one. Jeez, wow. That's odd. Yeah, well, in that case, then uh, there's no point in trying to out yourself as a nullifier. I would I would keep that under wraps as best as possible and, and try to get on the jury and, and use whatever suggestions Fija has to uh, to do that. And good luck. All Let right. us know what happens, okay? Yeah, thanks for the advice. That's thanks for the call. Question. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Allie, listening in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Allie. Hi, guys. How are you guys tonight? Just super. What's on your mind? Well, firstly, I just wanted to say that last call was really awesome. Um, secondly, back to the whole swine flu and, you know, the the trailers that they're going to put mass amounts of people into. Well, I those are allegations. Right, right, of course, supposedly. Um, I wanted to point out that uh, this whole swine flu hysteria really is just, it really is just that. If you go to the government's own website, um, the CDC websites, and read the statistics on the swine flu, it's killed fewer people than the flu this year, than the real flu. That's what I've heard. Um, so it's just funny that people are completely freaking out um, and going totally overboard with this let's make it um, a required vaccine thing. 
Is it funny uh, though? I don't know if it's funny because I think it's pretty much it's pretty much par for the course. Uh, you've got the media that loves a good scary story. They love to scare people. I wouldn't say funny. To well, I understand what you're saying, but it's uh, it's it makes sense why people are responding this way. They're easily influenced by the media. Uh, They're easily influenced by the people that are surrounding them. And it's really a sad state of affairs. It is sad. All the media has to do is, is hype this up. And, of course, the government benefits from the hype because the government can seize more power as a result of people being scared because fear is something they can parlay into more power. So the media benefits uh, because they sell 9/11 more. 9-11 clearly showed. Exactly. They, the media benefits because they can sell more advertising and get people to stay locked into their 24-hour channels. And the government benefits because it makes them seem important. It makes them seem like they're doing something that matters. And when in point of fact, as you're saying here, this is a bunch of crap. Absolutely it is. And I just, I'm appalled that people are so, they're just such sheeple that they would just, you know, take whatever the media hands to them and say, okay, well, you know, the government and the media say I have to get this vaccine, so that means I have to get it because that's going to keep me safe. Um, You know, it's just... And especially parents should be doing more research uh, when they decide whether or not they're going to get their kids vaccinated. Um, but, you know, again, back to the whole trailers thing, where where are you seeing these pictures of these sound like cattle cars to me? They're big. They're huge. Do they normally have cattle cars that are two stories tall? I think those might be passenger two. cars. They have double deckers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm from out west, or I lived out there for a number of years, and they have these massively huge double-decker cars with two um, with two levels. That and may they have be what poles. these are. That would make sense to me if, the, if these were some sort of animal cars. Uh, if you type in FEMA train cars and you do a Google image search, you'll find some ominous-looking train cars. Thanks for the call, Allie. Appreciate hearing from you. A sensible call. More on the way. You bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. The Walking Liberty Half is a fantastic coin for the beginner investor and those who want usable silver should a monetary collapse occur. This coin is widely accepted as one of the most beautiful ever made. It served our grandparents for more than 40 years, and you can get them for $8.69. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including things like archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, they're all there, right there on the front page of the website, going back for an entire year free at freetalklive.com. Now is the time that you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitude. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit and get a free handgun. You can do that by going to FrontSight.com today. That's FrontSight.com as we continue taking your phone calls to Chris in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hey, guys. How we doing? Chris, what's on your mind tonight? I'm calling. Last week I obtained my first firearm, 
at the age of 25 in North Carolina. Congratulations. Uh, we have a open carry law in North Carolina, and it's mm-hmm. uh, kind of funny because if you look at the law itself, it says it's okay to carry uh, open in public as long as you don't, quote, terrify the public. Oh, dear. Now, I've been kind of testing this out as we go along. Me and my friend, we kind of got together and decided that we're going to see what exactly terrify the public means. Now, to me, having a gun, you know, safely holstered without anything in the chamber on my hip is hardly terrifying, but apparently some people think it is. <laughs> uh, yep. I've uh, been to about six different public places to, uh, throughout the last few days and haven't had any issues going into stores, restaurants, places like that, grocery store, all that kind of stuff. And right. this morning we went into IHOP for some breakfast. And there was no sign posted that said no weapons. And upon entering, uh, the lady standing at the front of the store who was at the register asked my friend who, uh, if he was a police officer. And he responded no. And she said, I'm sorry, if you're not a police officer, you can't be in here with a gun. So right. we left and I was, Guess you know, a little upset. Eating IHOP. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they won't be getting our money anymore. But right. in any case, I, I wanted to, you know, find out what the deal was. So we, uh, we called up to corporate, and, you know, I got a quick response, actually. About an hour later, the gentleman said that uh, he was sorry, uh, you know, he personally didn't have a problem with it, but IHOP is a family restaurant. Mm. And, and guns uh, are for guns, families. Yeah, should not be uh, permitted in such areas. And that uh, when I asked him what the problem was with me having one, it was okay with a police officer to have a gun as long as I didn't. He couldn't come with a good response. Yeah. So we're we're trying to take up the cause because, you know, the law is just so horrible, and the legislators, they know that it's horrible, and it just – it basically goes to the good old boys network, and, you know, if if you're in, you're fine, and if you're uh, not, you're terrifying. So yeah, that's, it's that's kind of upsetting, huge, you know? Right. It's a huge loophole because all yeah. you have to do is find someone who will say they're terrified and then you can't carry a gun uh, openly which i think is pretty outrageous i don't believe that that uh, provision exists up here in new hampshire no, it doesn't as far as i'm aware a lot of states do have that though but where if you know if it's causing some kind of public alarm alarm then you're you're in trouble but and it is it's a terrible loophole because anybody can say that they're alarmed by it and and they will. Rights don't apply. Yeah, and it's inevitable that the more you walk around with a gun on your hip, it's inevitable somebody is going to call the police on you and, and say that they're frightened the because they've people, been trained to be I frightened. will say that the more people you get open carrying, the the less likely it is that they're going to be able to make that argument. Where it's, where the funny it's, thing is, though, is nobody does around here. Right. I have not seen anyone well, do it in years. In most places in the United States, it's not particularly common to see people open carrying. Yeah. It, it probably it's, it's wasn't. Bad. It probably wasn't too common for the last several years up here in New Hampshire. I know it's happened, but do you recall having seeing it very much as you were Not very up? much. I have seen people do it before there were liberty activists in town. I've done it myself, but it wasn't something that you would see very frequently. Maybe once every couple of years you'd see somebody with a gun on their hip. But as far as I remember, I can remember a couple of instances before the Free State Project really got going where I saw people you know, open carrying a sidearm. Long arms are more common because a lot of people hunt, so it's not uncommon to see someone walking with a rifle. Well, but, at least, mm. at least IHOP. I mean, it's their private property, so they get to set whatever rules. They I understand want to. that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. You know, they didn't call I, the, the, cops the main explanation on you. I wanted was 
why a police officer and not me. It's it, if I own a restaurant, I have the discretion. That's the bottom line. The way yeah. I feel about it, you know, it's private property. You're exactly right. Absolutely, on that, and it's a stupid rule. I mean, because if you're a family restaurant, then don't you want to allow moms and dads to protect their families well, by carrying I, weapons? I, I think a lot of the restaurants have a problem with it. They have a problem with it being seen. A lot of people don't yeah. have a problem with. They'll say, "Oh, it's fine if you carry a gun." Right. But this is the, the funny part to me that concealed carry for some reason doesn't frighten people. You not knowing who has a gun and who doesn't is okay. But if I'm in a room with somebody and I can tell they're not there to rob me, I'm sorry. If I walk into a restaurant and I pay for my meal, I'm probably yeah. not about to pull out my gun that I've shown to everybody, including my face. I feel more comfortable around somebody like that. I feel safer. I know nobody's going to try to do anything crazy or stupid. You know I, what I mean? I know. That's, that's how I feel. Um, I, I generally feel more comfortable. If somebody does start to do something stupid uh, with, the, with their gun, then that's an appropriate time to have a conversation with them or to leave the premises. You know, one or one or the other, and and that's happened uh, up here in in New Hampshire, where we've had some, we've had a, a, at least one person make some poor choices uh, with with carrying options. Uh, I guess I don't want to get too detailed as to what what exactly happened, but some of the activists took him aside and and had a few words with him, some friendly words about you know why they didn't feel uh, that this was the safest way to be carrying the the firearm, and uh, he modified his behavior after that, and the you know the problem was solved. One of the critics of open carry up here in uh, in Keene, one of the city councilors, uh, was recently on uh, their local show talking about this issue. She made the point of uh, you know that that she didn't trust the people that were carrying these firearms. She didn't know if they had been certified, and you know that's a that's a fair point to make because there is no certification mandate or anything like that, and nor would I believe that there should necessarily be. But that's you know that's a tough that's a tough one to rebut. Is that well, how do you know that the person carrying the firearm a- actually knows what they're doing with it? Well, you don't. That's necess- a good point. You don't necessarily know, but you do know they're not pulling it out, blasting people, right? I mean, you know that yeah. much. So uh, the, the, the the whole scare tactic of well, there might be crazy people open carrying is kind of pointless because well, there might be crazy people out there right now that are concealed carrying, and what's the what is the the, the big deal? It's exactly like you say. If somebody's got it openly carried, at least you know who they are. You can keep your if you're nervous about them, you can keep your eye on them, and if you don't like them being there, you can go somewhere else. So in, in the exactly. case of somebody open carrying, it's it seems like a better overall situation for everybody involved, especially if somebody's so crazy. We get on – in any case, so we're, we're trying to figure out a way to go about doing something about this because I've gone online and I've – I'm not big into the gun community. I recently, you know, I went on and I was just looking around the forums to see what people had to say about the issue. Everybody here is terrified to do anything about it. They all go out and they they spend their $400 to get the, their concealed carry permit mm-hmm. so nobody has to see it, and they feel comfortable with that. Oh, yeah. Gun, that's okay, gun owners are a remarkably cowardly group. It's $400 in North Carolina? Well, <laughs> you have to take a course, which uh, is between nice. 150 and 200 and then you have to pay a $200 non-refundable fee. Ten gun owners for all the funny their... part. The background yeah. check, come back it happens the funny part after them. you pay for the course. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully you'll come on up here to New Hampshire one of these days where you actually will have people who will go out and carry with you openly. And look forward to seeing you here if that's the case. Thanks for the call tonight. More on the way. You can bring up whatever you want. And it uh, looks like the police are at our front door here. They're coming into the studio as we speak. More... Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. 
Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at bigheadpress.com slash pk. you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Nick has left the building. He was so frightened by the police uh, coming in here, he decided to skedaddle. Actually, no, he's he left voluntarily. In fact, they're not the scary cops. Uh, I was kind of playing it up a little bit earlier here tonight. They're not scary at uh, at all, as a matter of fact, and uh, that's a good thing. It's in fact, I, I don't know. Can I use your real name here? Uh, I, I, we've had Brad on. Brad Jardis is here with us from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, but the Andrew, other gentleman, yes. Andrew. We will call you Andrew. Uh, Andrew is with us as well, and uh, so welcome to Free Talk Live. What are you guys doing here in Keene, New Hampshire? Well, we came tonight to uh, help celebrate Constitution Day. Got to talk right into that, Mike. We uh, came tonight to help celebrate Constitution Day by giving a presentation at Keene State College um, about what people's rights are when interacting with the police. And um, we're just coming back from there now, and I'd say it went very well. I I was so excited about this event uh, because I know that Sam was involved. I think he'll be stopping by here in a little bit from the Obscure Truth Network at obscuretruth.com. I know he came out with his uh, his camera set up and, and recorded this, so hopefully your presentation tonight will be able to be utilized maybe across the country. I don't know if it was very New Hampshire-specific or not, but uh, certainly I'm sure some of the information you gave out tonight was, was useful around the world, if not certainly across the United States. Um, well, I want to talk more about it, okay, here in a moment, but I've, I've got to get to these uh, folks that have been waiting to talk on the air. So let's go to your phone calls here first, and then we'll continue with uh, two police officers we have here in the studio. Anthony in New Jersey, you're on Free Talk Live. Anthony. Are you there, sir? Anthony going once. Anthony in New Jersey going twice. All right. I think that uh, about... Oh, wait. Excuse me. I think we saw Chris in uh, North Carolina. I apologize. Chris, are you still there? Chris going once. Chris going twice. Okay. Not sure what's happening. Our toll-free number, 800-259-9231. So tonight, you guys were uh, at Keene State College presentation. I was out yesterday on the college campus uh, handing out these flyers and... Telling, you know, basically asking these young folks if they felt comfortable in their ability to deal with the police. That was my first question. That was how I approached them. And I don't know if that was working too well because some of them would be honest and they would say no, but some of them would say yes. And I think they were saying yes because they were with their friends and they wanted to make it look like they actually knew something. What is your estimate? And, and Andrew, can we say where you work generally? Um, is that possible? Generally, yes. I, I work on the uh, seacoast. Um, I'm not a sworn police officer. Uh, I do work for You're a... You're trained, though, as a police officer, right? Uh, not not exactly. Um, but I do have the, the requisite skills and knowledge that, without having gone to the New Hampshire Police Academy... I see. Uh, some uh, that I work with would say that uh, I should be a cop because I, I know how to be a cop, um, but I'm not certified. So. so you work on... Can we say not exa- we don't have to say exactly where you work, but can we talk about the kind of uh, job that you? I work in an environment that has a lot of uh, college students. Okay. Um, 
And uh, I would say that a lot of students um, either don't know their rights or don't know the full extent to which uh, the they uh, interact with the police. That's uh, kind of what the feeling I was getting when I was approaching these young people and asking them, you know, do you feel like you're comfortable in knowing your rights when it comes to dealing with the police? And I think it was because they were with their friends. They didn't want to look like they didn't know, so they were saying yes. So I started approaching with a different question, and that was, well, if the police are at your front door, do you have to answer it? And a lot of them, surprisingly, did answer no, uh, which I found pretty positive because I've always been under the impression that there's a heavy indoctrination campaign of the American people from day one in popular media and things like that in Hollywood movies where whenever you see a TV show or something like that, the cops are at somebody's door. Everybody always goes to open the front door. So I was very pleased to to hear that these these guys were aware at least that they didn't have to necessarily open the door for the cops. And that's true, isn't it, Brad? Uh, it, it is true. Um, I would say that... Um Upwards of 60%, maybe 70% of people who become arrested and prosecuted and convicted um, find themselves in, in that precarious situation because of their lack of knowing what their rights are. For an example, if someone gets pulled over, at least in New Hampshire, um, and um, the police smell alcohol coming from their breath, the police will ask them to get out of the car and do field sobriety tests. What a lot of people don't know is that you don't have to. Um, and when you, you don't have to get out of the car, you, you don't have to get out of the car. And when people get out of the car and they submit to field sobriety tests, I mean, any defense attorney will tell a client if you're pulled over by the police again um, and asked to get out of the car. First off, you shouldn't you shouldn't roll down the window more than two inches. Give them your license registration, roll it back up and um, don't speak to them. Um, when you get out of the car and you do field sobriety tests, you are giving up your Fifth Amendment right to be a witness against yourself. And you're giving the police probable cause to arrest you and convict you. And, you know, if you're doing their job for them, essentially, yes. And, you know, there is no requirement to do pre arrest field sobriety testing um, in New Hampshire. And people who do get pulled over and arrested for DWI in large part are being arrested because they um, gave themselves up. Now, you can't give legal advice here. You're not giving legal advice. You're not a lawyer. No, sure not. Um, this is just your understanding of the system from your independent study that you've been doing in your nearly a decade now, uh, yep. Brad, in your case, of uh, uh, being a law enforcement officer. Actually approaching uh, 11 years now. 11 years. I'm sorry. Officer. I thought it had been a full uh, – I thought it had been almost a decade. Yeah. So, well, congratulations uh, on that. Yeah, thanks. Um, but but you mentioned it's it's here in New Hampshire. So how familiar are you with you know the other 49 states, with Canada, with other places? I mean, what do you think that this if, – if somebody's listening to this in uh, Utah, what do you think the appropriate what's a safe way to deal with a situation like that if you don't know exactly what the the rules are well if you don't have a brand artist advising you (laughs) well i i think uh unfortunately a large part of why people today um dislike and distrust the police is because um law enforcement enforces rules that um hurt people um, and it's no longer, um, you know, oh, there are the police. They're here to help me. They're here to protect my property. They're here to protect my family. It's, you know, the police are pulling me over and they want to see if I have a plant in my pocket, you know, and they're going to ask me questions to try to get uh, to get probable cause to search my car. Um, it, any the advice I would give people is to um, is to not lie, but to not tell the truth. And in that, um, 
I would say if you're doing something that's not harming anybody else and you wish to assert your right, which you certainly um, have every right to do, is don't offer up information. It, you don't have to speak to the police if you don't want to. But I would always ask that you be polite about it. You know, respectfully, sir, respectfully, ma'am, I, I don't want, want to talk to you. Here's my license or registration. I don't want to say anything else. There's a saying that... Am I obligated? You are not obligated right. to speak to the police. Absolutely not. You don't have to say anything. Um, up here, at that's least... A, I think that's a safe thing for anybody to do, right, is to keep their mouth shut. And even the cops will admit that, right? They'll say, if they're giving you their Miranda warnings, they'll say anything you say can and, and will likely be used against you. Any so. law enforcement Zip officer it. is going to tell their friends and family... To not speak to the police mm -hmm. because they know that they care loose lips, them. loose lips sink ships, as they say. And if you give the police information that can be used against you, um, it's going to be used against you. Now, Andrew, you've seen this a lot, right? I mean, in your interactions with these young people, uh, these college age people, you've seen them constantly giving up themselves. I mean, uh, turning over the marijuana they have in their back pocket, admitting that they've been drinking. I mean, they just don't know what they're doing, right? Uh, I, I would say that that's correct because uh, a lot of a lot of students uh think that when a cop says you know hey uh especially if they imply that you know they're going to help them out yeah. <laughs> or you know the this, buddy cop yeah routine. That, that they're looking out for them that you know they kind of imply that well you don't have anything to hide or try to get it out of them uh, students feel that they, um, and young people uh, feel that they have to give that information up. Uh, maybe because they've seen it on TV, maybe because they've been told in school. For whatever reason, they're under the mistaken belief that if a cop asks, hey, do you have alcohol in your backpack? They feel that they have to answer yes. Look, I it's going to be worse for you if you don't tell me. A lot they of, use oh, those tactics, right? Oh, I mean, the uh, cops will, they, uh, they don't know, they don't realize that the cops are going to lie to them to try to get them to admit to something. The police can lie without limit. To, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. More on the way here. If you've got a question, we're short on time, obviously, but uh, we've got Brad Jardis with us, member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Andrew, not sure if you're a member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, but good guy nonetheless. Uh, we'll maybe find out that here in a, mo a few moments. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. If you've got a question for them, well, now's the time to ask it. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. Ideally, you're, uh, you should be calling to talk to a couple of cops uh, that we have here in the studio. Uh, at least one of them is a, officially a law enforcement officer. The other one certainly knows his stuff and interacts with uh, college students on a regular basis. Brad Jardis is with us. Andrew is here as well. Brad, uh, Brad, you've been on the show. You're, you're an old hat at this. I think you may have a future in talk radio ahead of you. I don't, I don't know if that's a direction you want to go in, but you, you seem pretty comfortable uh, on your microphone there. I may need a new job sooner than later. <laughs> I don't know how much we can talk about that. Certainly more information will be coming out on that in the, you know, the coming weeks or months uh, over time as we uh, will continue as we have been on this program to follow your career because you're an outstanding uh, individual in that you're one of the few police officers who has the courage to buck the status quo to essentially come out in favor of ending prohibition ending the, the insane war on drugs not to slight the rest of the guys in law enforcement against prohibition and maybe there's some gals too i've never met any of them, but uh, a lot of these uh, guys in LEAP, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, are retired. You know, they've they've been through the, uh, the the gauntlet and they've done the policing thing for their entire careers, and then later they came out against the war on drugs, which is, you know, it's admirable that they've come out against it, but 
there aren't very many that are in your category, and that is somebody who's actually an on-duty law enforcer currently on the payroll uh, who's actually come out in favor of ending prohibition. And there have been some consequences for you uh, as a result of that. And so it's really been quite a uh, it's been quite a journey for you so far, hasn't it, Brad? It has, and uh, I'm actually uh, considering uh, possibly writing a book in the future about about what it's like to uh, speak out um, from within and the the overall uh, interaction um, between you know myself and coworkers. But it, it has been fairly difficult, and uh, I, I believe I joined Leap back in 2004 um, because it just made sense. And I went to the website and I read it. And I'm like, this makes sense. Yeah. Every single no every single robbery and burglary that I go to where there is an actual crime involving a victim is fueled by the war on drugs and the war on drugs causes people to dislike the police. It causes the erosion of the fourth amendment. It causes, um, violent cartels to become so powerful and it just made sense. And through my interaction with, um, the director of the uh, New Hampshire coalition for common sense, marijuana policy, um, I got involved with the uh, free state project and a lot of, um, political activities that, that they do. So Mm -hmm. I've, I've sort of, uh, you know, and also credit to your show. I mean, your show played a large part in in my coming around. And also, I know Andrew uh, is an avid, avid listener to your show. And it's uh, it's sort of uh, the message of liberty. Once you hear it, it's hard to uh, go back. I mean, well, how, what's with the, your your coworkers? I know we've got some calls here, so I want to get to them. But what's with the coworkers? I mean, you've been talking about ending prohibition. Why aren't they listening? Are they just not listening? Is that what it is? Because, like you said. Once you heard the message, it clicked, it made sense, especially combined with your experience of actually being out in the field and seeing what what happens in reality. Are these guys just, you know, plugging their ears and uh, closing their eyes and go, la, 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 I mean, how could they ignore this? It's, it's very unpopular to speak out against um, what's currently happening. And um, I well, have police heard... police chiefs will be mad, won't they? Well, the police chiefs were very mad at me for, for quite a few things that I said. And I've heard things that um, even the uh, former attorney general of the state of New Hampshire has said about me. Um, but all I've done is step out and give my opinion and step out and say, we need to take another look at a lot of the things that we do because um, morally it's wrong. I mean, we shouldn't treat people who are addicted to drugs as wrong. We shouldn't put people in jail because they decide to ingest something into their body. I mean, if you truly own your body, you should be able to put in it what you want, period. And if you're not harming anyone else, the police should not harm you, and the court system should not harm you, and you shouldn't be put in jail. Let's go to the phone calls here. Dan is on the line in West Virginia. You're on with Brad and Andrew. Yes, I got a question for the, one of the officers with you. Yes, sir. Uh, here in my hometown, uh, there was a uh, shooting the other night. Uh, a young man was uh, running from law enforcement, and when they had stopped him, he had slammed into the cruiser both forward and backwards. And it was in the papers. Uh, the officers drew their weapons and they fired. They killed a young kid and they shot one of their own. Should they have? Uh, I thought, the, uh, being a son of a police officer, that they were not allowed to draw their gun unless you know somebody had drawn a gun on them or was coming straight towards them to do them bodily harm. But you said that the the guy in the car, you said the young person in the car hit the officers? Yeah, he slammed his car into the patrol cars. They boxed him in. 
I know we'd read a story uh, out of Georgia recently where one cop got in front of a car that was pulling away, uh, had an innocent man in it, by the way. They they got in the way of this man's car, so he clipped one of the cops, and that gave the cops the excuse to shoot. Is it no, uh, an excuse is... to shoot if they if they hit a cop car? Yeah, this is here in uh, West Virginia. The right, like, that's the question, though, right? Is is that does that legitimize yeah. shooting? Yeah, did they have the? Did they? Was it appropriate for them to draw their guns and fire on him? Well, I mean, he, he had no gun with him. Uh, well, certainly a vehicle, uh, sir, a vehicle could be a deadly weapon very easily. And, you know, um, not knowing, you know, certainly there's three sides to every story. But um, yeah. but for in order for the police to use deadly force, according to a uh, U.S. Supreme Court case, uh, Tennessee v. Gardner, the police have to be um, threatened with um, serious bodily injury or death. And serious bodily injury means a protracted loss. And certainly a vehicle striking an officer could be a protracted loss. Um, and um, this sounds like just a very unfortunate situation. Well, I mean, they had him boxed in. He couldn't go forward or backwards. The cruisers had him trapped. So he wasn't coming at him at 45 miles an hour or something like that. He maybe no. bumped him at 5 miles he, an hour. He was slamming tr- into the cars trying to get out. Doesn't was, seem like lost, a shooting someone is appropriate over over that. Thank you, Dan, for the call tonight. If I had to roll the dice, I'd say it'll be found justified. Oh, I'm sure it'll be found justified, but would you say it's appropriate? I mean, you think that was an excessive force? Shouldn't they just shot out the tires and just, what's he going to do then, right? I, I mean, I it's be having been in so many different situations, it's very hard to say. I mean, I've been punched. I've been choked. I've been in situation, you know, I got choked last year in March where I, I couldn't breathe and I ve- came very close to having to kill somebody. And, uh, you know, it's very hard to, to, to judge someone else. I mean, if a child got killed, I mean, that's terrible. I mean, you know, it's just a terrible situation. I don't think it, did a child get killed in that story? I don't think a child got did, killed. He did, I thought he said that a small child was in the car. I, I don't know. Maybe there was. Maybe that was the case. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Anthony in New Jersey. We're going to try him one more time. Anthony, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Love the show, Ian. Uh, I've got a I've got a uh, idea for an activist entitled uh, "Plant a Random Seed on Public Land Day," and the the idea would be folks with so-called legal seeds such as veggies and 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 uh, legal plants and whatnot, and then folks with marijuana seeds and poppy plant seeds and whatnot would descend on uh, a public land, you know, a public park or whatnot, mm-hmm. um, and and plant those seeds. Um, I was wondering what the the folks in studio right now would think about that. Uh, hundreds of people would have to participate, obviously, depending on the DEA uh, to uh, to uh, activist ratio. But the idea would be to get publicity on on just planting a seed and uh, showing how harmless it is and uh, and showing the legality legality behind it. So you're saying that the, maybe this would be beneficial uh, to those who were actually doing the seed planting by, since you're mixing it up in that it might be a tomato, it might be marijuana, if everybody goes and plants the seeds at the same time, they can't point the finger at one person and say, aha, you're responsible for planting this marijuana here that sprung up. Is that uh, exactly. kind of where you're coming from? I think uh, what um, the police would do is they would probably act uh, according to how their supervisor wanted them to act, but most likely uh, a community like that is going to approach a situation um, that 
uh, negates whatever seed that you plant. So uh, if you just sprinkle some uh, seeds in a lawn that uh, hasn't been cultivated, uh, they're probably going to use either chemicals or they're going to dig up the seeds. Um, granted, if you throw a bunch of seeds somewhere, uh, they can you know mow the lawn. Uh, they can try to get rid of the seeds. Uh, actually, arresting people for planting seeds. Um, does it happen? Yes, um, but it doesn't really look good in the newspaper where you're arresting people for planting seeds. Mar- I Mar- that's, that's the idea, I think. I think we, we would do sort of a public, uh, do a press release about it. You know, hundreds of people would be involved, each one with a random seed, whether it be a tomato plant, a marijuana seed, or a poppy seed, what have you, illegal versus an illegal seed. No. And, and they would sort of plant the seed. When you say hundreds of people, are you talking about spread across an entire state? No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about one specific area, whether it be New Hampshire, well, one single park. Wow. Okay. Well, now you, you, I mean, you, you think big, and I appreciate that. I, I really do. <laughs> um, I can tell you one thing's for sure. We don't have that many activists uh, that are willing to come out and, and, and get active in that way. And maybe a few, year, few years down the road, we might be able to uh, get that many people in one place to do something like that. I Marijuana that, prohibition is so stupid. I hope that you can uh, head that up. Thank you for the call. Come on up here and get active and put something like that together. Hey, guys, uh, thanks for coming in here tonight. I know we didn't have a whole lot of time, but I know we'll have you back in the future. You don't future. have to leave with us, my friend. We'll see you more tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front site provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front site defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to frontsite.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com. Go to frontsite.com for your training and free handgun. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.